Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I'm glad to see everyone here today. It's good to uh, have a, a great crowd for Mother's Day, and uh, it's good to share this time of fellowship and worship with each of you this morning. We welcome everyone, and we welcome our guests especially today, uh, and want you to know that you're very special to us. We're glad that you're here, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, uh, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheet on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us. Just put your name and address, phone number, and especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please uh, put your email address on there. And uh, we send that out each week on Thursdays, and it's a good way to keep up with the activities uh, here at Community Baptist Church. Speaking of some of those activities, first of all, let me thank the men of our congregation for a great breakfast this morning. Uh, uh, the men cooked breakfast for uh, Mother's Day today, and we're glad uh, that you did that because it was a wonderful meal, so thank you for that. Uh, some things that are coming up, we are uh, we're going to be doing a new church directory it's been a, a several years since we had a church directory, and so we're going to be taking pictures for our church directory. And uh, Mary Dunham is setting up appointments for that uh, for Wednesday and Thursday of this week. So if you'll see Mary, I think she'll be in the foyer right after the worship service. And if you are a participant in our church, we invite you to, to, uh, to make those appointments and uh, get your picture taken and be included in that church directory. Also, on June the 7th, we are having our blood drive. We do this about three or four times a year here at our church, and that's uh, June the 7th. And if you would like to uh, make an appointment for, uh, to contribute blood, please see Jika. She's holding up the sign-up sheet, and, and if you don't see her, she will see you. Uh, and also, on um, May the, let's see here, a week from tomorrow, I think it's May 22nd, we are uh, reestablishing our Joy Lunch group, and this is for any adults who are interested in fun and fellowship. Uh, and, and we will be meeting a week from tomorrow at noon, and we'll be having a potluck lunch. And, uh, and as, as you bring your potluck and as we share this time of fellowship together, also bring some ideas of some things that you would like for us to do uh, as a part of our Joy Lunch group. And also, one other thing, um, today's kind of a special day, isn't it? It's, uh, it's Mother's Day today, and uh, it's a day for us to honor those ladies in our lives that uh, have impacted us every day of our lives. It's a day for us to say thank you uh, to the mothers of our church, thank you for the ladies of our church, for the sacrifices that you make, that you make every day for us. It's a day for us to say thank you for your love for each of us that impacts us in so many ways. So children, come on forward here. So, come on. Where's our children? There we go. We have something for you. Um, uh, here comes our children. And we have a carnation for all of the ladies in our church. So our children will be distributing those. And, um, and this is just a way for us to say thank you to each and every one of you. There you go. <laughs> Will everybody join me in offering a uh, hand of applause for our ladies today? Thank you so much. We want to say thank you uh, for all that you do in our lives. As they are um, passing those out, uh, let us take this opportunity now to stand for just a moment and we will greet each other in the name of the Lord and share the love of Christ with one another.
please pray with me. Oh Oh God, we gather in your name this morning to bring our prayers to you, to sing our praises for you, and to hear your word. We confess our sin and we accept the forgiveness that you have promised to us. Thank you, God, for this Lord's Day. Thank you for bringing your people to this place that we may experience a bit of your kingdom here on earth. And we know that we cannot truly understand your nature or your ways. And so we come in faith and we come in hope that you will show yourself to us this morning. We look forward to the day when your kingdom ways are the ways of the world, when peace will be our watchword instead of war, when joy will be the experience of those who suffer from despair, when love will live in the hearts of all people. We look forward to that day, O God, when your kingdom comes and when your will will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. But as we wait for that day to arrive, we are also mindful of our own responsibilities, the duties that we have here and now. You have not created us to be idle. You gave us responsibility over creation, and we ask that you will equip us for this this task of caring for your creation. Bless the work that we do, and may we do it for you. We pray for our nation and for her leaders that they would follow after justice and righteousness. We pray for our nation and our state's economies that you would minimize the suffering and despair and that you would raise up your church to deeds of faith and generosity. We pray for your church that in our goals and our objectives we would not lose focus of what is most important of what we are called to do, to proclaim the gospel of Christ in our words and in our deeds in such a way that others will be drawn to you. And we pray today especially for our mothers and our mother figures with great thanksgiving for the lives that they have led and the influence that they have had. Grant us all, all, O God, your wisdom and discernment, strength for today, and faith for tomorrow. And we pray that we would all grow into the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing good works for His glory. Amen.
Good morning. <laughs> okay, so today we're talking, since it's Mother's Day, about love for God and our mothers. So this is about showing your love. I'm sure all of you know that today is Mother's Day. Did you give your mom a card or a present for Mother's Day? Did it say, Mom, I love you? Do you think your mother likes to hear you tell her you love her? Of course she does. But do you know your wait? But do you you know that what your mother likes even more? She would like that you show her you love her. What are some ways you can show your mom you love her? Well, you could help out around the house. You could clean your room or empty the trash can. You could show her you love her by obeying her when she tells you to do something. You can show her you love her by getting along with your brothers and sisters. It's easy to tell your mom you love her, but if you really love her, your actions will show it. Do you think that God likes to hear us tell him we love him? I know he does. But he likes it even better when our actions show him that we love him. How do we do that? The Bible tells us God shows his love for us by sending his only, his one and only son so that we might live through him. It goes on to say that since God loved us so much, we ought to love one another. One of the best ways to show our love to God is to love one another. Yes, God likes to hear us say, I love you, but he would rather see us say, I love you. As we celebrate Mother's Day, let's tell mom or the person who brought you here today, um, you love her, but more important, let's remember to show her. As we worship today, let's tell God we love him, but more important, let's remember to show him too. And there's a verse. In Proverbs chapter 31, um, 27 through 31. She watches over her family, and she never wastes her time. Her children speak of her well. Her husband also praises her, saying, There are many fine women, but you are better than all of them. Charm can fool you, and beauty can trick you, but a woman who respects the Lord should be praised. Give, Give her the reward she earned. She should be praised in public for what she has done. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we have come to your house to say today to say I love you. Help us get out of here today and show you and others that we love you by our actions. Amen.
Would you join me in prayer? <clears throat> Gracious God, we are gathered this morning as a very blessed people, and we acknowledge that you are the source of all goodness. We experience your blessings every day, which are given freely and with love. Please help us to share our blessings with others by being generous with our resources to help spread the gospel and to benefit our fellow man. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. from Acts 7, 55 through 60. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Then he said this, he died. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
That's fun, isn't it? Amen. Amen. <laughs> How many of you felt like flying away? I saw y'all hanging on to your chairs there. <laughs> uh, little boy um, watched as his mother gently rubbed some cold cream across her face, and the boy asked, Why are you rubbing that stuff on your face, Mommy? And the mother said, To make myself beautiful. And then just a few minutes later, she started removing the cream with the tissue. And and he said, what's the matter? You giving up? (laughs) Welcome on this Mother's Day of 2017. You know, it's not easy being a mom these days, is it? Those of you who have have children know that it's not easy at all. I heard heard about one mom who says she's going to try something different this summer with the dog and their and the kids and the children. She says she's going to send the dog off to summer camp and the kids off to obedience school. <laughs> Let's just face it, most of, most of us um, would have been lost without our moms, wouldn't, wouldn't we? I, I heard about one couple that was moving across the country, and they decided to drive both of their cars across the country, kind of a caravan, and, and their 8-year-old son, Nathan, was, was worried about this. How will we keep from getting separated he asked and dad assured him that we'll drive slowly and one car can follow the other one but what do what if we do get separated he persisted and dad jokingly said well then I guess we'll just never see each other again and Nathan answered I'm riding with mom (laughs) smart fellow But that just goes to show what kind of influence a mom has on her children. And today's passage of Scripture also talks about someone who who had a great deal of influence on the people around him. And I'm talking about Stephen. Uh, There was an old story about a rabbi who, while in Persia, found a beautiful ruby that belonged in the emperor's crown. And so an official crier went out all throughout the capital with this message. Whoever returns the emperor's ruby within 30 days will be rewarded. But then he added this ominous warning. If it be found on any person after 30 days, his head will be cut off. So on the 31st day, the day after the deadline, the rabbi brought the ruby to the palace And the emperor asked, did you not hear the proclamation that the ruby must be returned within 30 days or the possessor will be beheaded? And the the rabbi replied, yes, your majesty, I, I heard that. And so the emperor asked, then why did you wait to return the ruby until the 31st day? And the rabbi responded, I did not return it within the 30 days so that you could not say, that I returned it because I fear you. I returned it because I believe in God. Well, the emperor was impressed by the rabbi's witness to his faith and and exclaimed, Blessed be the God of these Jews. You know, it's impressive when someone who believes in God bears witness to his or her faith, isn't it? It's impressive, particularly if such a witness could cost that person his or her life. Well, that's exactly what happened to Stephen. It seems that that Stephen had been so effective in telling people about Jesus that he was brought up on false charges before a, a council to be tried. And standing in front of that council, Stephen's face shone like an angel. Here was this radiant, wonderful witness for the power of Christ working in in human lives. But Stephen's words fell upon deaf ears. As he described how how God had worked both in the life of of Israel and in, in the life of Jesus, those who listened to him became more and more enraged. And we are told that they ground their teeth against him. And then at the climax of his testimony, Stephen looked towards the heavens and he saw the glory of God there and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said to the crowd, Look, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And that was the straw that broke the the camel's back. 
for that crowd. When they heard this, the crowd covered their ears. They felt that this was blasphemy. They covered their ears. They yelled at the top of their lungs. They dragged him out of the city and they began to stone him, throwing huge rocks at him. But while they were stoning him, Jesus prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell upon his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he died. An important element in this story concerns a certain young man who witnessed the stoning of Stephen. His name was Saul of Tarsus, who of course later would become the Apostle Paul. So let's look closely at this story of the witness of Stephen. Let's ask ourselves, as we are looking deeper into this story, let's ask ourselves about our own witness to the Lord. And I think we should begin this morning by noting the integrity of Stephen's witness. Stephen was a man who walked his talk. He practiced what he preached. And, and obviously that is critical to, the meaning, to a meaningful witness, that we walk our talk, that we practice what we preach. I mean, everybody hates a hypocrite, don't we? Nobody likes a hypocrite. If a person is going to be a witness for Christ, then that person should be a person of integrity. Bishop Elvind Bergrav was an important figure in the Norwegian Lutheran Church during World War II. But he also had such an outspoken witness to his faith that he was kept prisoner under heavy Nazi guard. And we are told that his witness to his faith was so effective and that his deeds and his words of love were so compelling that the 11 guards who were responsible for him were constantly rotated in and out in order to keep them from coming under his influence. Now that's a witness for the Lord, isn't it? Leighton Ford tells about another man who walked the walk and talked the talk. His name was Gottfried Ose Mensa. Mensa. Ose Mensa was brought to Christ by an English missionary and later became a great Christian leader in the Church of Africa. And the missionary that led him to Christ was the headmaster of the mission school that, that Gottfried attended when he was a young man. The first thing that impressed Gottfried about the, this headmaster was that the headmaster called him by name. You see, he, he tells us that, that most of the English men and women never bothered to learn the Africans' names. You have to care about somebody before you bother to learn a person's name, he said. And that made an impression on Gottfried that the headmaster actually cared enough to call him by name. And one day Gottfried went to a Bible class that the headmaster was conducting, and Gottfried was a, was a, a shy young boy and and so he went into the classroom, and, and he discovered that the room was full. And Gottfried started to slip out the door, but the headmaster saw him. And, and he said, Gottfried, here's a chair for you. And the headmaster gave him his own chair. And Gottfried said, to my utter mortification, the headmaster sat on the floor. Those two simple acts of Christian love, bothering to know his name and sitting on the floor so Gottfried could have a chair, those two simple things impressed Ose Mansa so much that he was led to Christ. Years later, he saw that headmaster in England and told him what those actions meant to him. But interestingly enough, the headmaster didn't even remember those actions at all. He didn't even remember doing these things. They were so simple, so unconscious, and so natural for someone who was an earnest disciple of Jesus Christ that the headmaster did not even realize the impact that they had on that young life. Could someone else be so influenced by the quality of your love, your kindness, 
your life? Is there integrity in your witness to Christ? Do you really try to show care and concern for all the people in the, in the way that, that Christ showed care and concern for you? That's important to the integrity of our witness to Christ. You know, it's so easy to, to preach. It's not really, but <laughs> I just make it look easy. <laughs> no, the point is, it, it, it's easy to speak. It, it's easy to say the right things. But it's a whole lot harder to practice what you preach. It's a whole lot harder to do what you believe. And that's the first thing that we need to see see today. And that's the integrity of Stephen's witness. He was a man of integrity. And what he said, he backed up by what he did, by the love that he shared. Then the second thing that we need to see is Stephen's willingness to pay any price for his faith. Now, this may be one of those aspects of Christian discipleship today that that's a little troubling for some of us because most Christians today are simply not that willing to pay much of a price for their faith. We're not. Let's confess it. Thirty-five years ago, M. Scott Peck wrote a very popular and influential book titled The Road Less Traveled. And in that book, he, he put a lot of emphasis on the willingness to make hard decisions, hard choices, and we all have to do that. And, and, and that's one of the secrets for an effective life. It's by making the choices that we do. And we're all familiar with, with Jesus' words about the wide and the, and the narrow roads. The wide road is the road with, with few challenges. It's easy to get along. It's the easy road. It doesn't require much from us. And unfortunately, we are a generation of people who are committed to the wide road, aren't we? Comfort at every cost. Clyde Reed, in his book titled Celebrate the Temporary, writes this. He said, one of the most common obstacles in celebrating life fully is our avoidance of pain. We dread pain. We do anything to escape pain. Our culture reinforces our avoidance of pain by assuring us that we can live a painless life. But to live without pain is a myth. Many of us don't realize that pain and joy run together. And when we cut ourselves off from pain, we have unwittingly cut ourselves also off from joy. How can we even speak about taking up a cross and following Jesus to a generation that has been raised up to believe that life can be pain-free. Folks, taking up a cross means that we will do whatever it takes, even if it, even if it means taking us way out beyond our comfort zone to make it obvious to others that we are followers of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to go out and seek suffering. There, there's enough people out there with a the Messiah complex, you know. We're not supposed to go out there and to, to run down our, some situation uh, or cause some situation that will cause us to suffer. That's, we don't do that to prove our point. I don't think that's what God has in mind for us. Um, I heard a, a, that a few years ago the manufacturers... Uh, medical manufacturers were able to produce an iodine that didn't sting, didn't hurt. And they thought this was the most wonderful product in the world, and they, their minds just started cranking, and they began to imagine all the millions of dollars that they were going to get from this innovation, and as they sold millions and millions of these off of the shelves, but unfortunately the stingless iodine was a flop. People felt that without the sting... The iodine must not be working. So they didn't buy it. 
Well, we don't want to harbor any illusion that in order to be an effective Christian witness, you have to suffer. However, about a generation ago, there was a wise pastor named Ralph Sockman who wrote a book titled The Meaning of Suffering. And in that book, he said that there are three different types of trouble. There's trouble that we can avoid. There's trouble that we can't avoid. And there's trouble that we must not avoid. And folks, if standing up for our faith means that we are criticized, and if being faithful in our service means that we have to go to some inconvenience in our lives, and if being co-workers with God, if in doing that we are required to sacrifice a little, then those things fall under the category of trouble that we must not avoid. Stephen was willing to suffer. He didn't seek it out. He didn't set out to become a martyr for his faith. All he wanted to do was to be faithful. But when, it, when he was confronted with the need to suffer for his faith, he did not betray Christ's trust in him. So, are you willing to pay a price for your faith? Are you willing to suffer some inconvenience, some sacrifice because you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Or is the wide, easy road the road you've chosen? And this brings us to the last thing that we need to see about Stephen's witness. And that is that Stephen was willing to forgive those who wronged him. As he was dying for his faith, those last words, he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Those were his final words. You know, there's something within us that, within most of us, we, we cherish the idea of revenge, don't we? You know, if we didn't, half of the Hollywood movies would, would be gone. We wouldn't have them. They were revenge movies. For a lot of people... Forgiveness is for wimps. That's the idea. That's the, that's the attitude that many people have. I heard about an old man who was afraid that he was about to die. He was on his deathbed, he thought, and so he sent for an acquaintance with whom he had had a, a bitter quarrel years before, and he asked that they, they put their feelings of animosity behind them, and the acquaintance agreed and started to leave the room but then the old man rose up on his elbow and spoke one final word. He said, but if I get better, the quarrel still stands. We can understand that attitude, can't we? That need for revenge is powerful. However, compare his attitude with the woman in Florida who was raped shot in the head, brutally mutilated, and left in a ditch to die. Miraculously, she survived her ordeal, though she was left permanently blind. And in a television interview, the, the host of the show was reflecting on the bitterness that she must feel because of the many scars that she had experienced in this terrible ordeal. And her reply was something like this, Oh, no. She said, that man took one night of my life and I refuse to give him one additional second. Most of us are not as wise as that woman. She realized that forgiveness is more beneficial to the person who offers it than to the person who receives it. Because you see, bitterness and, and resentment, they have a way of eating away at our souls. I have literally watched someone die. Basically a slow death. Because she could not let go of bitterness and hatred and anger and a desire for revenge. It ate away at her. So much that she ended up dying from it. 
But folks, listen to this. Forgiveness is the key to healing and lasting joy. It's very difficult for us to identify with Jesus hanging on the cross, praying on the cross on behalf of those people who put Him there. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But of course, He was the Son of God. And we might expect something like that out of Him. What about Stephen? He's a frail human being just like you and me. And and yet, as those stones ravaged his body, time after time after time, pelting him, he lifted his gaze and prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Wow. What a powerful act of witness for the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. Could you do that? We've already noted that Saul of Tarsus held Stephen's garments as the mob stoned Stephen to death. So Saul was giving his assent to this terrible act of brutality. But I wonder, do you think the integrity of Stephen's witness, his the way he lived his life and the way he died? Do you think his willingness to pay the ultimate price for his faith, do you think that his ability to forgive the very people who stoned him to death, do you think any of that had any effect on Saul that day? I think it did. Surely this prepared him for his experience with Jesus on the Damascus Road. The the fact is that very few conversions occur in a vacuum. Usually there are a number of experiences and a multitude of, of people whose influence and encouragement play a part in someone's conversion. And I think that's what happened with Saul that day. I think by him witnessing the integrity of Stephen and his ability to forgive the life that he lived. And what he saw in the words that he spoke, I think that planted a seed in Saul's life. And that seed came to fruition when he saw Christ on the road to Damascus. Could someone find Christ because they stood by and observed some significant moment in your life? Thankfully, it does happen sometimes. It happened to Stephen. He was faithful to Christ. And we suspect that his influence helped to shape the greatest missionary that the Christian church ever produced. The Apostle Paul. Stephen was a witness for his Lord. How about you? Amen. Let's sing number five, number 450. I need thee every hour, and we do, don't we? We need God every second of our lives. We couldn't get along without the Lord in our lives. I don't know how many people, how many times people have said to me, I don't know how I would get through this situation without God. I don't know how I would get to, through this situation without knowing the Lord. I hope that's case for you, that you know the Lord and have that relationship with God, that strong relationship that we depend upon God and we need Him every hour. Let us stand and sing together our closing hymn.
from here as God's chosen people, as God's royal priesthood, as God's holy nation. Go boldly, proclaiming the mighty acts of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, who gave new hope for life here and hereafter. Go as bearers of that hope and stand strong in your faithful witness to our Lord. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.